Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Abundant Life Long Beach. We hope wherever you are listening that this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Who's ready for the word? Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Amen. I don't have a series today. I'm going to again, I'm going to give you an encouraging word. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We learned that those are the Gospels. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. What happens when God says no? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here today. Hide me behind the cross. Speak through me. Open the hearts and the ears of your people that they can stop thinking about life and responsibilities but be present in this moment to hear your word because your word is life. Come against the spirit of darkness that will cause confusion and block the word. Try to block the word. But Father, I thank you that your, your word will go forth with power and anointing even today right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What happens when God says no? You know, my, my, my daughter Skyla, she she's uh she she's growing up and and I'm the type of person that I, I see things happen and I'm just like, man, this is this is real, right? She she started college, she got her own car, it's just things are happening so fast because I'm busy and I'm seeing her grow up. Josiah, he turns 16, he's getting older, and I got a, a new a new set that I can work on now. Right? <laughs> Jonah and, and Mariah. But, but they look up to their big sister and brothers, amen? How many have big, big sisters and brothers or family or cousins, some of these people you look up to, right? And so the two little ones, they're starting to look up to Josiah and, uh, and, and, and Scott. I don't know my kids' names. And uh, Mariah, I say, she's up next. Right? She's going to college next. She's going to prom, prom next. No, she's up next, right? And so she wants all the stuff that she sees the big the big kids have, you know? Like like she wants a cell phone. I, I, you gotta pray for your boy this year. This has been a year. I'm telling you, this has been a year for the Murray household. And, and she's and she's she's getting taller and she's and she's just she's like, okay, I'm up next, Dad. You know, if they had a cell phone, that they got these things, uh, it's my turn now, right? But but you know what? The thing is, it's like I, I'm very cautious of what I let my kids have. Then there's a certain age where I let them have a cell phone. Some of y'all ain't like that. Some of y'all this new age uh, church, this new this new this new family, this new raising the kids, right? Just let them be. Let them, let them discover their feelings, right? Uh-huh, not in a Murray household, right? At this age, you get the cell phone. I check the cell phone. I have, do I have some parents that would be today? Y'all said y'all gonna help me, right? Uh, but this is, this is how it's gonna roll as long as you're in my house. And I've actually said that and felt old when I said it. As long as you're in my house, right? And now I found myself looking at Josiah like this. Listen, man. This boy is big, right? Listen, he took me to the gym the other day, and I thought, like, I used to train him, Coach Lambie. I used to say, put up the weight. You can't get that. Come on, let's go. Right? And the other day, I said, you write the workout, and I'm going to do the workout you work. I said, I can do whatever you want to do. I can do it. Right? He says, all right, let's go. And so he wrote out the workout, and man, 
It's a different thing when your son is lifting more weights than you. You get there, you go, keep living, brother. You know what I'm saying? So I just look up to him and just be like, man. So there's a certain times where I'm going to say yes to certain things, and there's certain times that I'm going to say no to certain things, but because I'm his dad or her dad, the children's father, I see further than they can see. I see, I've lived longer, I've experienced some things, right? I don't know how to use my cell phone, but I know what's down the road, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging them, and I'm making some things, and sometimes I say no. In today's scripture, here's what's interesting, is uh, Jesus is, is, is saying for us to bring our requests to the Father. And when we read these scriptures, look at how it sounds. Pay attention here. Ask. And it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For anyone who asks receives. Anyone who seeks finds. Anyone who knocks, it will be open. John 14, 13 and 14 says, Jesus offers a very similar uh, instructions. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in heaven. Whatever you ask. In my name, I'll do that the Father may be glorified. Then in John chapter 16, he says, 16, 23, 24, uh, and in, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in his name, I will give to you. Right? Until now, you have asked me uh, nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be filled. Three times in different scriptures, we see uh, the promise that God hears and, and, and will answer our prayer. In those scriptures, doesn't it sound like that? But does those scriptures promise us that God will always give us exactly what we ask for every time he be asked? The answer to that question is no. How many know Pastor Donnie keeps it real, right? Think, think about this. Think about the godly mother who prays for her lost son and daughter to come back to the Lord, but she dies and never sees them come to the Lord and never sees that prayer get answered. Think about the godly Christian who prayed and prayed for salvation for a loved one, but the loved one left the earth and never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Think about the godly man who prays every day. He's asking for a better opportunity on his job because he wants to make more money to take care of his wife and children. And yet months and years go by and he's still at a dead-end job. See, when God says yes to our prayers, we get excited, right? We're happy and we love it. When we pray and God says, wait, and delays the answer, and our request is denied or, or put on hold, we get frustrated. But if we can be patient, we'll see that God has a better plan for us. But when God's answer is no to a situation, we really struggle with that, church. We often interpret God saying no, that he doesn't love me, he's not paying attention to me, and I'm just not a part of the yes group. When God says no to me, I, I feel like 
Sometimes it's just maybe I'll talk about myself. When God says no to me, I feel like maybe there's something off in my relationship. How come I'm asking, your word says ask, knock, and all this other stuff. How come when I'm asking, these prayers aren't getting answered? And, and so the way I interpret it as a Christian is maybe you have an issue with me, God. Y'all gonna leave me out here by myself. Maybe, maybe I just think like that by myself. And, and you know what? Here's what we do. Because he doesn't answer the prayer when we want him to answer the prayer, we change our relationship with him. We don't pray as much. We don't read our word as much. We're not excited to serve. We're not excited to roll off our sleeves. We don't want to hear no podcasts. I don't want to hear no TD Jakes. I don't want to hear nothing. Because you know why? I feel like God has an issue with me because you haven't answered my prayers yet. And a lot of times we even go through the motions of stuff just to say I'm going to still go through the motions of it, but I still am upset. And a lot of people even leave the church, which us in here, we ain't done nothing to you. But because in your relationship with God, you're trying to figure out how to, I'm like, have this, this attitude with God, so I'm not going to go to church no more. He's the king of kings and the Lord. You think he, like, you ain't going to go to church no more? Like, that's going to move him? Like, let me hurry up and bless you. Do you understand? Do you understand? I'm going to go to church 20 times. I'm going to give my tithes. I'm going to serve. And then maybe he'll answer the prayer and give me the job I want. See, that's messed up. What type of relationship can you be in where you're trying to, let, let's make a deal? We're not, let's make a deal with God. Are you with me, church? This morning together, we're going to see when our Heavenly Father does not give us what we want, He will always give us what we need. Because our Father knows best. He knows best for us. Amen? Let's look together today and let's figure out, I'm going to give you some key stories and then I'm going to correlate and give you some principles on how to handle no and what that means in your life. How's that? Amen? Please take notes. When God said no to Job, how many of you know about Job? Job uh, was a man in a land called Uzzah. Job, God, God, God said Job was blameless and he was an upright guy. Job was a good dude. He handled his business. He did everything he was supposed to do. The Bible calls him a good man. He was a good guy. And if you know the story that God granted Satan permission to test Job. And you say, Pastor Donnie, I'm going through a lot of challenges. God gives permission to the enemy to do with things that he does. He didn't just do it. So he gave him permission to test Job. And we find out that here's what happened. Job lost 7,000 of, uh, of his sheep and servants. Job lost 3,000 of his camels and servants, the attendants to the, to, to the camels. He lost 500 yoke and oxen. He lost 500 female donkeys and servants that tend to him. But that wasn't the worst of it all. Job lost his son and his daughter were killed in a tornado. He lost his home. He lost everything. And the Bible calls him a great man. And so because he was going through all this, one day he cried out and said, God, what is going on here? 
I'm a good guy. I come to church. I, I do worship service. I take care of my kids, right? I pay my bills. I do everything I'm supposed to do. And, 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 and when losing cattle and all that stuff, that's like losing all my money. He lost all his assets. He lost his home. And he was a good man. He lost everything. Are you with me? He was frustrated and confused. And I don't know about you, but I would be too. I don't understand when I read the story. Why didn't God just say yes at some point? Why? He kept saying no. He kept, and Job kept asking him to change the situation. And God kept saying no. Are you with me? Here's what's the key when we read Job. Job happened in the Old Testament where God was dealing with issues. When Jesus came, we got the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit, Jesus hadn't come yet uh, when he was dealing with Job. Job was just dealing with his issues. He was just going through what he was going through and there was no comfort. The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. So Job was dealing with these issues on his own without the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so... When you, when you think about Job, just compare your situation. Whatever you're going through right now, know that the Holy Spirit is at least working through that thing with you. Job didn't have that gift of the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ hadn't come yet. And while Job had interpreted that God's no uh, meant that he had abandoned him and that he had cast him out and he didn't have anything to do with he didn't want to have anything to do with him, what we find further in Scripture that that wasn't true. He actually had plans for Job. And what did he do? He blessed Job with double. How many read the end of that scripture? Oh, yes. He gave him double. He healed his body. Yes. He restored him. Yes. And so then what do you say, Pastor Donnie, with that story? What do you do when God says no and you're waiting for him to say yes? What do you do in the middle? A lot of times what we do in the middle, we abandon our relationship with God versus learning what he's saying in that time. Are you teaching me to grow? Are you giving me humility? What are you teaching me between now and the yes? We abandon our relationship with God. We come disengaged with church when we don't get what we want to get. Do you understand what I'm saying? Meanwhile, we have no idea if God is working on doubling what we had before. Thank you. Some of you don't understand it. Because we live in what is going on right now. Right now, Job saw the tornado take my children. Right now, Job saw all of my crop gone and all my money, my bank accounts gone. I've been loving, I've been serving, I've been doing all this for God. I've been living years. I just want my chance, and I'm going through all this hell right now. He saw what was going on right now. But that's what I'm talking about. We have a good father that doesn't see right now. He looks into our future. And whatever he's saying no to right now is because he has your best interest at mind. Are you with me? Who's to say God is not working on giving you double right now? Who's to say that God's not working on healing your body right now? Why can't you just be patient through the process and not abandon your relationship or change your relationship with God and get closer to Him when you don't get a when you don't get a yes right away? Why can't start trying to figure out, Daddy, do you want me to clean my room? Do you want me to do better in school? What do I need to do to get the yes? Why can't we have the same attitude with our Father God? If you said no right now, then what do I need to adjust in the relationship to position myself for the yes? Uh, that's the level of maturity. The immature Christian.
Christians is, well, God ain't going to do it for me. It just ain't my turn. I don't know what he wants me to do. I've been going to church. I've been praying. I've been doing all this stuff. And he ain't blessed me yet, so I'm over it. I'm forgetting about it. And it is what it is, and I'm just done. No. Come closer. And grow and mature in the things of God so that you can get prepared and you can handle what's coming. I mean, you know, when he got double, he, he was a more humble man when he got double. When he got double, and God bless him, how many know that he was uh, hungrier and his relationship with God probably was stronger because he was praying more, he was with God more, he could handle it. Paula was breaking him and making him. He, how many, I believe I've got a church that knows how to say, mold me and make me, create me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit, position me for the double portion of blessing that you have for me. Are you with me, church? But that wasn't the worst of it all. Job felt so lonely, he went through the no, the no, the no, the no, and then God doubled down and gave him a blessing of yes. He gave him a blessing of yes. Let's look at David. David, remember David was a shepherd boy in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. David was called a man after God's own heart. Amen? Let's look at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15. For seven straight days, David fasted and prayed and pleaded with God to heal his child of sickness uh, and restore his health, but God said no. Did God's no mean that he didn't love David or that, he, that, he, that, that, that his heart was hardened towards David? David had a child that was dying. And he fasted and prayed and asked God, heal my son, and the boy died. David, the greatest warrior, the king, David, that kills lions and bears and all that stuff, right? Knocks out the light. God said no to him when he was trying to get his son saved. Does it mean that he doesn't love him? Absolutely not. David, it was, David here's the thing, David had committed a sin of great magnitude that destroyed the marriage and, and that person was murdered. There was innocent bloodshed. David messed around and fell into some sin. And see, but I'm like, the great magnitude of sin is, is the result of the magnitude of the consequence. David was a man after God's own heart. He committed a major sin and he was asking God to save this child God says, no, I'm not going to do that. He allowed the son to die. I got on his knees and asked for forgiveness. Originally, God said no, because his heart hadn't changed yet. Here's the thing. Catch this. You could be praying for something right now, but because you have not asked for repentance of, of sin that you're harboring, you're still getting a no. David is praying, help me, help my son. I want to fix this. He's praying a prayer that he needs God to answer. God is saying no to that prayer because he has a sin that he has not asked for forgiveness on. Because there's sin in David's life, God cannot answer the prayer. All right. So when you go into your prayer life, go down your prayer list, when you look at your prayer list and you look at Harvard sin, sins that are happening in your life, when you look at those and you look at the sin, you look at the prayer, church, you cannot commit sin and pray and ask God 
God to bless you, and he's going to say yes. You can't do passing little bitty sins here and there and expect God to bless you. Here's the thing. You can get stuff on your own, but if you want a God blessing, a, a blessing to come from God that is sustainable. If you want God to bless your finances to where you're not just having it up, but you're wealthy, that's a God. If you want a relationship with a woman that's just not going to look cute, but that's going to have your back, and that's going to pray for you, and that's going to be there for you, only a God can do that. If you're expecting a man to come in your life that will get on his knees and pray every day for you and your children and go to work and take care of you and love you more than he loves himself and give his life as Christ gave the church. That's the type of man you want. Then you've got to make sure that you're dialed in. Make sure that there's no sin in your life because God's, the way you get God's attention is when your life is in order.
uh, uh, my self-esteem, I feel like I'm strong, but then I feel like I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not strong. How many say, you know what, I feel like I'm on the mountaintop sometimes, and I feel low sometimes. I feel like I have depression sometimes, I feel like I don't have depression sometimes. I've been praying that God get rid of this, 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 this my, my headaches, or, or, or my back pain, or, or my leg issue, or this just this health issue. I keep dealing with this thing, and I keep praying and asking God, and I keep getting a no. Somebody said, preach right there, Pastor Donnie. This guy is dealing with what you, what you just raised your hand to. He's dealing with something, and he's asking God to take it from him. Three times Paul prayed and, and, and that God would take away the thorn in his side, and three times God said no. There are at least two reasons why God said no. Number one reason he said no to Paul was to keep him humble. Some of the stuff you're asking for, God's wondering how humble will you stay with you. Oh, man. Right? When I get it, you're going to see me rolling. Instagram, everything's blowing up. We made it. Come check it out. Look, look at my new job. I'm, 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 I'm rolling now. Right? Look, look at me. I got it. I'm booed up. I'm making more money now. Let's go to the mall. Shopping spree. Huh? New kicks, red bottoms. Let's go. Chanel, come on, somebody. Y'all ain't even going to leave me out here. Louis Vuitton. Let's go. Huh? Picture me rolling. Ferraris. Let's go, guys. Big box. Where you at, right? When God blesses you, I'm just wondering when He gives you that specific thing you're asking for, how humble will you be? He says, I'm not going to take this from you, Paul, because when you have this little, little pain issue you got, it keeps you humble. And you know yourself better than anything. Some stuff God didn't give me, because if I would have got it, all oh, y'all would have known. I'd have been like, check me out. No, y'all don't, I'm the only one that's like that. Y'all only stuck a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Jay. You know, so that's, that's just how it is. Right? So God knows how to put certain things in your life to keep you humble. And it doesn't mean he's, gonna, he's not going to bless you, but he's working on your humility. Because other people in the natural world are blessed people that are humble. The most uh, people that have the most wealth and that have the most peace of mind and the strongest people on this earth are so quiet and so humble. Church, here's the thing. You know what? God wants to know, I can bless you, but can you be humble? A lot of times the blessing is right here, but you can't wait for stuff so bad. That God is like, I'm gonna wait till you get your humility right, so then I can bless you. Yeah. Are you with me, church? Yeah. So Paul kept the thorn aside. The second issue that he had, the reason why God had to humble him, and the other thing is, he wasn't gonna bless him, but he was gonna give him his grace. Okay. God help me through here. Yes. He was gonna give him grace. Say, Pastor Donnie, I don't want grace, I want some stuff. Yeah. Sometimes the grace that God has given you is better than the stuff. Grace is what you should have got, you didn't get. You should have got into the accident, but there was grace. You could have got into a, 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 an issue, but there was grace. You could have lost your job, but there was grace. Paul maybe not have got what he wanted, but he got grace. How many say, Pastor, I'll take grace anytime? Grace. You know, it was grace that allowed me to leave the club before they start shooting. It was grace for the fact that I didn't get an STD. It was grace the fact that I could have I lost my job. I could have lost my home. I could have had all kinds of issues. But it was the grace of God. 
is it? It wasn't for his grace. If it wasn't for his grace. How many say I take grace all day? So when God says no, Christians believe that we can just, like asking God is like writing a blank check. Just rub a genie and he just comes out and gives us what we want. That's not, what it ha- that's not how it works. Three things that we're leaving. Number one, God said no, you want to think about that I pray for the right thing. God will never give you something that is outside of his will, no matter how many times you ask for it. If you're asking him for something outside of his will, the answer will always be no every time. 1 James chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Is, is that relationship, that thing, whatever it is you're asking for, is it his will? God, here's what you do in the prayer. God, is your, your will for me to connect with this person for, for my business adventure? It, is it your will for me to get this job? Is it your will for me to date this person? Is it your will for me to go down this road? Is it your will for this job? Is it your will for this home? When you ask his will, right, then you'll never miss it. If you ask for something without figuring out that that's his will, then you're just asking. The Bible says, if you ask anything according to his will, then he hears. So that means he's not listening unless you, if you're asking stuff outside of his will, he's not even listening. I just, I'm trying to help you guys. Uh, if you're on your knees and you're praying for something that's not uh, his will, he's not hearing you. If you're asking for his will, the Bible says, the Bible says, I hear you. How many want God to hear when you pray? They say, God, I want your will to be done. I want your will for my marriage. I want your will for my home. I want your will for my children. I want your will for this relationship. I want your will for my job, my money. I want your will. Now God says, okay, I'm hearing you. Now I can hear your prayer. The second thing, one more, we're out. But um, uh, you want to figure out, did, did, did I pray with the right heart? Let's go look at David. When David asked God uh, to spare the life of his son, God said no, because David's heart was not in the right, was not right before God. Are there harboring sins that I have? Is my heart right? Psalm 16, 18 says, If I had uh, harbored sins in my life, harboring sins in my heart, the Lord will not have attended. That means he's not even going to listen if I have harboring sins in my life. He's not hearing me. He's got to do an inventory. Are you with me, church? Harboring sins stop the yes in your life. How many say, Pastor, I need a yes in a certain situation right now? You have to look at what are your harboring sins in your life. Are you with me? Last one. How can I know, how can we know our motives are pure? When, here's the thing. When you pray, you have to make sure you have the right motives. Uh, are the motives for what I'm getting to elevate myself or to help people around me? If your prayer is about yourself only, and you're not thinking about those around you, you say, well, this relationship is about, is about my relationship with this person, but your relationship with the person is going to affect a lot of people around you. Is what I'm asking 
asking for going to help people around me or is it just going to benefit myself? Are you understanding, church? Our motives. Why am I asking for this? Is it for selfish reasons? You find security in God. Are you with me? I'll leave you with this. Dr. David Jeremiah talked about how God answers prayer. If the request is wrong, God will say no. That means it's not in his will. If the timing is wrong, God's answer will, will be slow, meaning you need time to mature before I give you that. Ah. Stop being frustrated on why God has an answer to that prayer and say, have I matured to handle it? If my life is wrong, my life is wrong, God will say, grow. Grow. A lot of you need a deeper relationship with God. It's real self-service. So I'm reading my Bible here, I'm praying kind of here and there. The deeper your relationship with Him, right, the stronger you become in God, the more prepared you are for the blessing. Because if you're not rich in your relationship with God, what He gives you, you'll mess it up. Because your relationship has to be so deep with Him that once you get it, you got to stay connected to Him so that you can sustain it. If it's from God. If you get it on yourself, you won't need to sustain it because it'll just happen and come and go. But whatever you're looking for from God, you've got to have a deep relationship with Him so that you're close and connected to Him. So that he can help you with what he's going to give you. His will is to give you what you're asking for. He's waiting for us to get to the level of maturity so that we can handle it. And a lot of, the Bible says that he's a jealous God. How many know that? Raise your hand. If he's a jealous God, then he's thinking about what would happen if I give you what you're asking for, will it take my place? If, if I'm not having devotion right now, I'm not in prayer right now, I kind of come to church whenever I want to, and then God blesses you with this thing, where does he go? When your relationship is strong, that's what he said, devil, test Joe. Because my relationship with Job is so strong. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what is what. And because he stands the test, and because our relationship good, I'm going to give him double. Are you with me? Can, can God tell the devil, go ahead and test Sister So-and-So or, or Brother So-and-So? Can he, can he tell the devil, go ahead and test you? And in the test, will you stay strong or will you abandon? Will you stay there and cry and weep and stay connected to God and say, oh, nothing is going to separate me from the love of the Lord. I'm going to stay worshiping. I'm going to stay loving. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to go deeper because I know nothing will change my relationship with God around me. And if I stay in this posture, then God is going to give me double. God is going to be He's faithful. He's going to bless me. I don't see it right now. Look up those hands. I don't see it right now. I don't have the answer right now, but I'm going to stay faithful. I'm not wishy-washy. I'm a disciplined man. I'm a disciplined woman. I'm going to um, um, order my steps as unto the Lord, and God is going to take care of the rest. My relationship is not contingent on if I get it or not. God is sovereign. He does what he wants when he wants. He wants more of a relationship with his church. 
How many say I want? How many say I want a deeper relationship with Him too? I want to know the mysteries of God. Lift up those hands. And that's you. Come on, just lift up the hand. Father, I thank you for your word today. I ask you, Father, to bless your people. Drop the seed deep into their heart. That just because you say no, it doesn't mean you don't love us. You're just a good father, just like a good parent. You know what's right. You know what's best. And we trust that. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give God glory. I'm here with us this morning. We want to thank you for tuning in today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit AbundantLifeLB.com 